This is the Simi Sarah Show On Demand. Subscribe now on iTunes. Listen to the show each weekday 10 to 2 on 980 CKNW and through the Radio Player app. Well, we tend to think of the beluga whales up in the Arctic as being, you know, pretty remote. Must be pristine up there. Well, not so much. We're talking today about this pioneering study of seven beluga whales up in the remote Arctic waters of Canada that found microplastics inside every single whale. How is that possible? Well, researchers from Vancouver-based OceanWise worked with hunters from Tuktoyaktuk in the Northwest Territories to collect samples from whales that had been harvested between 2017 and 2018. And what they found was that no matter how isolated it seems up there, somehow plastic pollution is still making its way to those whales. Question now is why? We wanted to learn more about this. So we were joined earlier by lead author of this study, Rhiannon Moore, who said she wasn't expecting what they found. Well, Rhiannon, thanks so much for joining us today. First off, how did you do this? How did you do this study? That's a great first question. It's <laughs> it's definitely a lot to try to investigate these tiny pieces of plastic and such a massive yeah. animal. Um, so we we collaborated with the Department of Fisheries and Oceans and this community uh, far far up north called Tuktoyaktuk. So that's about. 300 kilometers north of the Arctic Circle. Wow. Um, And every year they actually harvest belugas for food because obviously it takes a lot of um, emissions and packaging to try to get food to northern communities. So they've been relying on these animals for for many, many years. Um, And so it's such a great opportunity to be able to sample those those individuals that are being harvested. So They've actually been um, monitored for many different types of pollutants over the years. Um, but for the past two years, we set out to look to see if there were plastics in, in the stomachs of belugas and in the intestines of belugas. So what's remarkable, I guess, about this is that you would think that if these belugas spend most of their time that far north, how much pollution could there possibly be? Exactly. Yeah. And... This is one thing that we're really learning about plastic pollution is that it gets absolutely everywhere. It's We often use the term ubiquitous, so it just kind of infiltrates every ecosystem and, and every species that we kind of investigate. And they do, yeah, they're, they're a far north top predator. And on one hand, I wasn't surprise just because we do find these tiny particles in in almost everything but then on the other hand I was surprised and I was you know a little bit saddened to think that that these animals living in these perceived pristine areas are ingesting these pieces of plastic that came from likely a variety of things. So how much plastic are we talking about and how microscopic are we talking about? So we're talking about pretty microscopic. So the way that we classify microplastics, it's about five millimeters in size or less. So if you imagine like a grain of rice or smaller. Okay. So um, I didn't find anything that I could actually see with my eyes. <laughs> I I had to filter and then look at stuff under the microscope. So on average, based on some subsamples that we had, um, as well as flushing out the entire stomach of each individual, we found on average about 100 particles per whale. Wow, that's a lot. 
Yeah. When you it, consider where they are yeah. and what's going on. Yeah. But then when you think of the size of an actual whale's digestive system, like its intestines are seven times the length of its body. And then uh, a whale actually has – it's a lot like a cow. So it has four compartments of its stomach. Um, so that's a lot of travel time for plastics to kind of stick around. Um, but we don't think – or it's kind of unknown whether whether it really affects the health of belugas. But what does that tell us, though, about how far and wide this plastic pollution is traveling? Yeah, it definitely tells us a lot. It tells us that plastic – well, first of all, it's lightweight and it's durable. So because it's lightweight, it's able to travel these vast distances all around the ocean. There's a lot of plastic in the ocean. Um, it's estimated that 8 million metric tons enters the ocean every year. And that – because it's plastic, it doesn't biodegrade. It just breaks apart. So those eventually become microplastics. And that has to go somewhere. So it goes – it floats on the surface of the water. It stays suspended in the ocean. It goes to the deep sea. And it gets taken up by many, many different organisms. We've often heard about that plastic kind of stuff that's floating around in the Pacific Ocean, right? Mm -hmm. That giant garbage dump in the middle. And that's very far away from what we're talking about here. So if that's affecting beluga whales way up north, far away from that, what is the amount of plastic in our oceans doing to mammals that are much closer to that plastic waste dump? Yeah, exactly. And that's actually – so that area that you're talking about um, is referred to the North Pacific Garbage Chire or the Great Pacific Garbage Patch. And that's just an area of – um, many different ocean currents coming together and kind of concentrating plastic, but it's nothing you can see from space or anything like that. It's actually these tiny, tiny particles that are breaking apart into smaller yeah. pieces. But it does, you know, finding particles way up in in these remote um, areas does make us wonder what whales closer to home, like us in Vancouver, are, are kind of ingesting. So do we know anything about how this potentially impacts a whale's health? No, we don't. That's the, the big question. The, then, yeah. yeah, that's the big question. And, and the simple answer is right now we don't. Um, microplastic research is relatively new and it's quite a challenging field because you are kind of investigating this mini crime scene within each each animal. It's like an autopsy yeah. every single time, but yeah. you have to have the animal available to you first. Yes, you need the animal available to you, and you also need the technology available to be able to actually identify these particles as actually plastic, because a lot of things can look like plastic, but they actually really? aren't. Yeah, like um, little exoskeletons of animals, minerals, rocks, um, pieces Boy. of... Yeah. Did you ever see yourself doing this kind of work? No. <laughs> I, when I was elbow deep in a whale stomach, I was like, huh. How did I end up here? <laughs> you must have had a moment like that. Well, I definitely – I've always been really into the environment and I – and I started to go towards, you know, the science path and the biology path. But it wasn't until I started to work for Parks Canada, actually, on the west coast of Vancouver Island when I, when I really got interested in the plastic problem because they actually receive a lot of marine debris on, on the west coast of Vancouver Island. And I was sitting on the beach one day. <laughs> who gets to do that on the, having my I lunch? I get paid too, yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was just sitting on my lunch on the beach and I looked down and there's all these particles of, you know, whites and blues and things like that. And 
I was like, oh, these are not shells. These are pieces of plastic. And they they were everywhere. Really? Yeah. And this was about maybe six years ago before the whole, you know. Awareness came. Yeah, the awareness came. And so I started to really ask questions and and became like totally obsessed with the issue. <laughs> and I thought the best way to understand this is to, you know, go through grad school and do this research to to learn more about it. But obviously this has raised more questions too, right? So like where do you go now? What questions did this raise for you that you now want to look into? Yeah, it does it does answer some questions, but I feel like it does raise more questions, yeah. <laughs> which I guess is the basis of science, but um what we're doing now is we're investigating fish that beluga eat. So we're trying to map out where these microplastics might be coming from because belugas, unlike gray whales or humpback whales that are filter feeders, so they gulp these huge amounts of water and then filter things through, they have teeth. So they purposely select their prey with their teeth. And so we don't think that they're selecting large pieces of plastic and breaking it apart into smaller pieces, we think that they are getting the plastics through their prey. So the fish that they are eating have eaten plastic. Do we know what kind of fish beluga whales eat? Yeah, we have a decent idea um, from from past research. Um, so we know that they eat Arctic cod, which is a keystone species in the Arctic. So we're looking at Arctic cod. Um, but beluga are very opportunistic. So they eat absolutely everything. So it's hard to sample everything that they eat, but we're looking at uh, five different species right now that they're eating. So what's your next study then? Our next study is going to, we're working on a, a research paper right now to to look at the um, the amount of microplastics in these, these fish and see if they um, do, if they are a significant source of, of microplastics for beluga. Well, we'll have to have you back on then when you finish that one too. Yeah. Uh, Rhiannon, thanks so much for being here. Yeah, of course. It's Rhiannon Moore, a researcher at OceanWise and the lead author of this study with some real, I mean, what, kind of, how, what a fascinating job that is. You know what I mean? Like she actually does autopsies essentially on beluga whales to count for plastics.